Attention, duelist! It's been so long since my hair authorized me to last begin this podcast, I almost forgot how to initiate the podcast. I don't think he says that in the bridge series. No! I don't! Alright. Welcome to Attention Duelist. I'm Nora. Here's Olivia. Hi, I'm Olivia. Nora, did you play any Yu-Gi-Oh this week? No! <laughs> Uh, no, I didn't. All of my podcast intros are slowly just morphing into the same thing, where I say, <laughs> catchphrase, I'm Nora, I'm joined by X. Mm-hmm. And then they, which ask I guess you, works. they ask you if you've done anything that is related to the topic of the podcast, and you're like, no, why would I do that? Why would I read books? I'm too busy buying them. <laughs> uh, I go to the library to get my books, or I pirate them. Wait, wait, wait. If I go to the library, then I'm not buying them. I'm just taking them, holding them for two weeks, and giving them back. That's that's literally better. You don't have to spend any money. But I don't get anything. You get the book. It's a free book. You don't get to keep it. It's not. It's a free book every week. <laughs> Speaking of Monster of the Week. I read Dune in a week. I only ever read the first act because it was going to do it for a podcast. How is the the other half of it? It's maybe the longest book I've ever read where kind of nothing happens. Yeah, that makes sense. This is my Dune review. Um, All I know about Dune is that I still sometimes laugh about the Penny Arcade joke where they say, yeah, Dune's kind of a dry read. Your standards are really low, huh? Look, sometimes something gets stuck in your mind craw. Okay. That's what they call an Dune, by the way. <laughs> Here's my actual review of Dune. This MF yeah. named Duncan Idaho. Yeah, for real. <laughs> this MF named Paul and Jessica. This MF named Paul Atreides. This MF eventually named Paul Muadib Atreides. Knock, knock. What's up? House of Trades. House of Trades. Who? House of Trades. Nuts. Well, that was attention duelist. You can find me on the internet at Great Reeb, which is a type of bird. You can find the podcast that I do, uh, like Novel Not New, which is a podcast about visual novels and narrative games. Um, there is also every week or every month I do Do Not Steal, which is a podcast about tabletop criticism and then making OCs. Uh, in tabletop games, that's a lot of fun. Uh, this I bet it's really fun to have guests on that one. Yeah, uh, you wouldn't know anything about that, though. Uh, this month we do Vampire the Requiem. Uh, we mix them with, like, truly awful, awful vampires. Uh, I think that one's a lot of fun. Uh, is, you really should read it, or listen is, to it. Is Requiem the new version of Masquerade? Yeah, yeah. Well, not the new one, because it came out in, like, 2004. But no, yes. I mean... In the like dichotomy of old world of darkness, new world of darkness, because they make them all again, but with different subtitles. Yeah, Requiem is is the new world of darkness. Vampire. Okay, I don't know what the new new vampire is in terms of those dichotomies. Maybe it's a whole new thing, but it's a that one's a fucking shitfire. Was that the one that said like the like Chechnyan genocide was vampires? Uh huh. Oh boy. Yeah, oh boy. Yeah. Oh boy. Among other myriad problems. Uh huh. I did not read the entire section of Requiem that has like here's all the uh here's all the different cities in the world and here's how vampires work in them. So I refuse to be held accountable for any of those mm-hmm. sections where they might say like anyway. I was just reading a Power by the Apocalypse um sort of as it calls it homage to Vampire the Masquerade. Mm-hmm. Um just the other day, and it's just embarrassing. Like oh. I want to play it, kind of. Oh, that's but what it's you like. Doing. Yeah, it's a PBTA. It, fuck it, I'll, it's called Undying. It's published by Magpie. It is an indie PBTA Vampire the Masquerade like, uh, in terms of like tone. But it like when I try to read it, it just is so. 
embarrassing in the way that it is trying to be so edgy and so like visceral it's like okay this is like really shallow um now that's really funny because in like my impression of requiem not to do my whole podcast mm-hmm, uh mm-hmm. the whole three fucking hour podcast over again but it's like all the vampires in requiem are like deeply uncool it's not like <clears throat> it's not like actually super dark and edgy I think this is written by somebody who thinks Vampire the Masquerade is super dark and edgy. Mm-hmm. But also, the in-fiction name for vampires is Capital P Predators. Okay. So you op- you open up the book and it starts with a head and it's like, Being a Predator. Okay. <laughs> you, um, you have any more plugs you want to do before we sign off? Um... No, not really. Where can people find you on the internet? <clears throat> you can find me on Twitter at Neither Nora. You can find stuff I do at NoraBlake.online. I'm on other podcasts on the Export Audio Podcast Network. Uh, I'm on the Attention Duelist Memorial stream every Friday where I reminisce about when I used to podcast with Olivia uh, before she kicked me out. Yeah. That one's really sad. Like, if you really want yeah. to see Nora like, in her feelings, uh, you gotta check out that one. I've got sad remixes of all the Undertale songs playing. <laughs> Some of the Undertale songs are already sad, though. Yes. Yeah. Sadder. What's that one? Heart-crushing remix. What's that one called, like, Home or something like that? The one that plays, like, um, in the house, in, like, Torio's old house. That one, like, straight up makes me cry when I listen to it. Uh, is it... It's the one that goes... I have the list here. It's the one that goes, like, bum, 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 bum. Oh, yeah, that's, like, the the little motif. Oh. I don't know what it's called. Oh, here's one called Home. Yeah. That one's a good one. It's, like, a guitar? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little guitar guy. It's a pretty good song. Anyway. Anyway, what do we say to him, Nora? Get off my deck. Woo! Hello, welcome to Attention Duelists from Export Audio. That's not uh, now you. That's not the intro. <laughs> that's just not the intro. It's a chaos episode because this is their late week energy. Yeah, yeah. This is like it's Friday. It's nine o'clock. It's Friday, and this is my Tuesday, I guess. Because I still got four more work days before I get a day off. When I worked in a certain establishment, <clears throat> Friday was also my Tuesday. It's my Tuesday and my Wednesday, if you know. No, wait. It's also my Monday, not my Wednesday. Because I do have four days after this, but I'm on my second day. Uh, that's hell. So it's like a Tuesday if you work Saturdays. Breaking Frickin my this. fucking brain here. I don't know what you're ha- talking about. I've got a six-day week. Oh, ugh. I'm on my second day of the week, which typically Tuesday is the second day of the work week, right? Okay. We can all agree. Yeah. But since I have four days ahead of me unworked, it could be considered also the Monday of the week because uh, there's four after it. Okay, but you also said it was like your Wednesday. so how'd... Yeah, because I fucked up. Okay. All right. As long as you admit <laughs> it. You playing yeah, I'm fallible. this week? No. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I did, since you last asked. Wow, that was quick. Yeah, I don't know how to play. <laughs> <laughs> I just summoned a bunch of monsters on the same turn and got kicked out of the tournament. Ah, uh, okay. Sure, sure. All right. 
That was bullshit. You want to talk about the Yu-Gi-Oh! episode? <clears throat> yeah, uh, I didn't watch them today, like I usually do when we record. Mm-hmm. I watched them the other day. But I have some <clears throat> you some broad strokes summaries here for us. Okay. Episode 12 is called The Extremely Lucky Enemy, The Invincible Legend. I don't know why so many of these have two titles. It's, it's like, like separated with an M dash. I feel like it. This is. I feel like this is an anime episode naming convention that is no longer in style to have a title and subtitle. Like I feel like Dragon Ball Z used to do this all the time too. Oh, maybe. Uh, game show champion uh, Ryuichi Fuwa Kaiba's second game master. That's not really important, but it is true. Mm-hmm. Moves to Domino City and starts attending Domino City High, ending up in the same class as Yugi and the gang. Although he seems friendly, Ryuichi's tactics for summoning Yagi, ya, ya, Yami Yugi soon turn dangerous. Take all the time you need, baby. <clears throat> um, that cuts out most of the plot here. Mm-hmm. So, Ryuichi is super lucky. Mm-hmm. And everything around him goes well for him. To a ludicrous extent. Mm-hmm. And he is told by Kaiba that Yugi has a second face. And he wants to see the second face. Well, because he does so, the thing that all the game masters do. Where he like beats up Yugi for a bit. And then calls Kaiba and is like, this Yugi guy isn't shit. And Kaiba's like, no, 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 just trust me. Just... <laughs> Just do something fucked up, and then he'll 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 mess you up. Just do it. And this is this is just every other child I've beat up. No, no, it's a different strain. <laughs> no, like I promise, he's like really hardcore. There's also a very weird um, sort of Lukensian wipe in this episode as uh, Ryuichi quips at the teacher and says, "Oh, what do I care? I my life is not." meant for schoolwork and then uh he's like oh your makeup is slipping and her face cracks off and it reveals the next scene that it zooms into right because the the teacher as we've established uh yugi did a shadow game on her and made it so every time she's like she wasn't even that mean to this dude honestly no does her face just break randomly that's fucked i guess it's like if she acts it seems like it might not just be if you're mean. It might be unladylike at this point. Uh, hmm. Hmm. It seems like she was getting angry and loud, and we can't have that. You know? I can, Are we going to cancel Yami Yugi? Because I'm ready to cancel Yami Yugi. Um, I think there's good in him. And its name is Yugi. <laughs> okay, fair. <laughs> fair. Um, yeah, the, so keep going with the summary, because, like, if we start talking about, like, isolated stuff here, we'll lose the entire Ryuichi is on a game show. He's like that guy who always wins at Jeopardy. Mm Um, and, uh, the rules don't make any fucking sense, but if he wins every day for, like, ten days, I think... He'll win a bunch of money, and he's already won a bunch. Yeah, it's just that he wins more money every time he's on. It's not kind of like, you have to win for ten days. That's just like, the more you win, the better the prize pool is. But they, yeah, but they say, they always say it like, oh, if you make it to ten days, you'll get X amount. Oh, I completely missed that then. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a big number. Uh, lots of money. And he's like, I just, I don't even know how much I've won because I just spend it all immediately. Mm-hmm. Um, they get into a. So, it's a memory game where you match the cards. You flip over a card and then you try to flip over another card, and then you get to keep them if they're not the Joker. So it's a it's a memory game where. You where there's five pairs of cards and the Joker, and if you flip over two <clears throat> pairs of cards successfully, then you get to keep the cards. However, if at any point you flip <clears throat> over the Joker, you have to give all of your cards to your opponent. 
Yes. And and what happens is that Fuwa always wins by just going in one go. Um and Yugi's strategy for winning doesn't really make sense, but he basically just al- no, always chooses do- the same two cards. It does make sense because Yugi cheats. Okay, I was going to ask, does Yugi cheat <laughs> in this shadow game? I guess I guess technically no, because the thing that happens is that when you don't get a match, you get an electric shock. Is that right? It's when you're or no, when your opponent, opponent gets, a, gets a pair, you get shocked. That's and, and those he, are the those are the or no, you always get shocked, but in the shadow game, the shock is way higher voltage. And the way he wins is to let. Ryuichi gets so many cards that he flips the breakers halfway through the game so that it resets the positions of the cards and then he wins because Ryuichi has to give him all of his cards and also has to experience the shock of all of those cards all at once because he tricks him into like picking the joker because yugi was always picking the same two cards Mm -hmm. and so i guess i guess what we're supposed to think is that he like thought that there was only one pair of cards left still and so just picked that but i don't know i feel like all the cards flipping back over would indicate to me that the game board had reset. I don't know why he doesn't think that. I will give him credit, though. How many people don't cheat? How many... Like, the door to darkness did not open in this episode. No. Uh, <laughs> Yugi just kind now, of... Now, to elect- be fair, <laughs> he does get electrocuted into unconsciousness, but he never fights it. <laughs> Uh, he gets electrocuted into unconsciousness and then loses all his luck. But it is just kind of like... Yeah. He plays the game basically fairly. Yeah. So I guess I guess Yugi didn't technically cheat. But I forgot that the reason it reset was because of the electric shocks. Mm-hmm. I think it's still questionable... If you wanted to make the argument, I just think for, I don't think it, it's not a clean win. Yeah, I just think for like a for an anime about games, <clears throat> like the games always feel really half baked. It's almost like the person writing the story kind of came up with the best possible like game to play for their writing style, and then the show sort of glommed onto that forever. <laughs> Well, I think like the the other the other weird thing about this episode is that I remember a plot that is similar to this from the manga, and in the manga, the game is like significantly different. Um cuz like what's happening is that in this like game show that um Jonochi ends up going on, um it's like it's that uh, roulette one where you have to like it's a roulette thing where you have to like press the roulette and the like producer of the TV show is like fixing the roulette. So like none of the contestants can like actually win. They like do well in the first few rounds and then they um, then then like the guy presses a button and like gives them the like lose all your money thing, you know? Um, and from what I remember of the chapter, Yugi just like Yami Yugi just like tosses a bunch of paint on the switchboard so that all the buttons are the same color and the guy has to like remember the right buttons um but like he keeps pressing the wrong buttons from his point of view and joey keeps getting more and more money um (laughs) so it's like a karmic thing um which i feel it would be like fine but they've just decided to change it for no reason and make it worse um maybe that would be harder to animate than flipping cards I don't know. It feels like basically they already animated the roulette wheel. How hard is it to animate a guy pressing a button and being like, oh no, it's the wrong button. (laughs) Wrong lever. I pressed the give him a million yen button instead of the lose all your money button. No. Why are those right next to each other? Well, it's that they're all the same color. 
Yeah. Um, but Joe, I don't have Jonochi does like compete against this this like who do we want to talk about Jonochi's reasons for entering the game show? Yes, because it is just another it is another instance where the fact that like Joey's dad is like a severely mentally ill like man addicted to alcohol who's like got a lot of debts for his family and is abusive towards his son just like comes up. And then, like, come- he just says out loud, "Oh, if I win the if I win the prize money, no, no, no! <laughs> now you're doing Esmeralda. If I win the prize money, <laughs> uh, no, I got it. But let's let's not do the goofy abridged yeah. accent for the part where Joey says, like, I need to. He just, yeah, I need to get the money to pay back my dad's like gambling debts." Like, yeah. the way he frames this is, like, if I get this money, I have a chance at a normal life. Um, and he just says that out loud in the classroom, and everyone goes, oh, uh... So your life is like that, isn't it? They're all just or like... whatever they say. Yeah, Taya says, oh, I didn't know your life was like that. And he goes, oh, did I say that out loud? And they play that like a comedy bit. But it's Remember that not funny? Anzu was not with the party... When they went to Jonochi's house because he got a job with her. Oh, that's true. Huh. Because she was also at Burger World or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. It's just... It's such a weird detail that now that's twice that it's come up as like a background kind of comedy bit. Even though it's the least funny thing in the world. Which is not like a lot of times, but it's a weirdly specific number of times so far. Yeah, like... Why to bring it up once is like okay that's weird but then you bring it up twice it's like what are you doing it's depressing he gets like screwed out of the money and then he's like oh I guess I have to resign myself to paying my dad's gambling debts with like part time work what yeah what um it's just it's just It, it is weird. I'm looking through the summaries to see if there's like a Jonochi heavy episode coming, mm-hmm. and there's really not. There's one where he has a crush on someone, and that might be focal, but like, he, we're really not gonna get a Jonochi heavy episode yeah. in this series. We're not, like, it doesn't seem like this stuff is coming up so that we can have like a Jonochi episode that will like resolve this subplot, you know? Right, because he's going to come back for an episode about his sister later, not about his dad. Mm -hmm. And it's a weird thing, because, like, his dad specifically has, like, gambling debts. This is, like, a show about gambling in many ways, you know? Yeah. Just, it's just a very weird detail to have and keep bringing up and seemingly do nothing with. Aw. Especially because the next episode is going to be about Yugi, like, at the beginning tolerating something a little morally dubious because it's a game, you know? He's like, oh, that's not that harmful, it's just a game. I don't want to ruin the game. Which is weird. Should I introduce the next episode? No, because I have more things to talk about. Oh, okay. Um, another thing is that, uh, Yugi just transforms in front of all his friends in this episode. Like, in the scene where he's like, okay, this is enough. Because it's right after the game show where, like, Fuwa's being, like, a real jerk to Jinochi about this. And, like, calling him, like, a, you know, he's just, like, he has this whole thing where he's like, I'm a lucky, like, there are lucky and unlucky people. And, like, unlucky people are, like, trash. So he's, like, kind of trashing Jinochi about this. And then... Yugi's mm-hmm. like, alright, that's enough. And he transforms in full view of all of his friends, including Anzu, and then they just cut to a different scene? Uh, yeah. And so I guess we're just not dealing with that. Because next episode, a pivotal plot point is going to be that Anzu doesn't know about, like, Shadow Yugi. Yes. Because she only knows his voice. Mm -hmm. Which is apparently not recognizable as Yugi. Uh, I guess not. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
it was specifically like uh this guy sound doesn't sound like a wimp like Yugi. <sighs> but they must have in universe they must have distinct voices because if they were, like, she would just tell, you know? She would be like, that's Yugi, but he sounds confident and not like this guy sounds confident and thus can't be Yugi. You know? I guess we're intended to believe that the that Yugi with confidence in his voice and like with power Yugi with power <laughs> is so fundamentally different the virgin Yugi from the ground the Chad, up yummy Yugi yeah is just completely indistinguishable from normal weak Yugi mm-hmm. my voice gives um, me super strength but the other way around my super strengths give me a voice. Uh, also, this episode is also like the Virgin Yugi and the Chad Fua. Because Fua is just like... A, <laughs> he's he's There's several points where he's just introduced as like the cooler Yugi. He steals Yugi's catchphrase in his introductory scene. Yeah. And he's just like helping Yugi with random shit because he wants to... Like, get him to play the game with him? No, the other way around. He challenges Yugi to a game, beats him, and then makes Yugi do this, like, penalty where he's, like, throwing billiard balls at him. Right, yeah. (laughs) But not throwing them. He stacks them into a pyramid on the, on the, the, the board, the, the pool board, the, the, you know what it is. It's called the table. the pool is. Table! It's on the table, and then he breaks it with the with the Cue ball. the white ball, and um, it ha- somehow explodes. It's because it has so luck. that it they all happen that it explode with, out yes. and whack Yugi in the face. It, Just for fun, Incre- but incredible I, scene where Yugi's like, "This sucks. Can we do something else?" And he's like, "No, <laughs> we cannot." <laughs> But he's just like, oh, you should probably study this page for the pop quiz. Or, oh, I could win this game, this raffle game, and get a trip to Italy, I think? Yeah, France? It's Italy. Italy. Why would you want to go there? Uh, spicy meatball. Do they have games there? Yes, they have games in Italy. They used to. They used to have really interesting games there, but that, no. you know... Coliseum's kind of decrepit now. So. I mean, they got Formula One. It's a game. It's not a game. If if chariot racing, <laughs> you're in, you're <laughs> you're you're kind of implicitly including chariot racing in the games that they used to have in Italy. So I think Formula One hmm. counts as a game by this logic. I just I just want the like other ancient world AUs for the Millennium items, where, like, the King of Games is at the Coliseum. Mm-hmm. I just think it's cool. Yeah. I, to have, like, this if immortal figure cropping up, the King of Games, this, like, spirit that passes from person to person throughout these different periods of, of like, ev- sporting events and competitions and games and stuff. Mm-hmm. But regardless, regardless, I'm fine to go to episode 13 now. Cool. Um, <clears throat> episode 13 is called Target the Schoolgirls, the Fangs of Great Prophecies. Hate that title. It's a little different from the subtitles on our files. Mm-hmm. I think the files say targeting schoolgirls mm-hmm. or something. The fraudulent psychic Kokorano has his eyes on Anzu. Though Anzu does not believe his predictions at first, her desire to see her mysterious savior leads her right into Kokorano's grasp. Yami Yugi challenges him to a shadow game and defeats him, exposing him as a fraud. The episode ends with Anzu discovering a burn mark on Yugi's hand, causing her to realize that Yugi was the one who saved her, since both Yugi and his alter ego share the same body. Thanks for the clarification, Yugi. wiki summary. This is actually en.wikipedia.org. Okay. Um, okay. This episode. What is this guy? He's like shitty Bakura. No, you take that back. Look at his face. 
You look at this guy's design. This is fucking Quattro. What? Vegeta? From Gundam. Vegeta? No, the other one. Is it Catra? Quattro? Melty face guy from. Oh! From fucking. From Wing. No, from no, Wing. not at all. This guy has Bakura's hair. No. This guy has Bakura's hair. No. Don't play fucking games with me. They have the same hair. I'm looking at it and I don't see it. Well, you're blind. You blinded yourself to the truth. No, because Bakura has those wings. No, now you're thinking of Dark Bakura. I just don't... Bakura does not have a center part. Okay. Can you... And Bakura does not look like a one-off Toriyama character. That's why I said he's shitty, Bakura. Hmm. I don't like this man. I'm tired of him. No. He sucks, and I'm pretty sure this episode implies that he's sexually assaulting women all over the school. Yeah. Yeah. Which, that is what it sets up. Which sucks. Um, he also looks 38. Yes, and sounds 38. I don't, I don't know why. And And he set a guy's house on fire. Yeah. If we just think through the whole implications of this episode, because the episode opens with a guy looking at his house on fire and being like, the prediction was correct. And then later we found out that Kokorano predicted his house would, would burn down. And then later we find out that Kokorano was fixing all of these predictions to come true himself, which means that he burned a man's house down. Yeah. He's just a weird little freak. He's a weird little freak. Um, yes. And the whole point of him, like... he He's like... So he... It's got this... It's this very, like... Okay, there's a lot of gender in this episode, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, because fortune-telling is a girl thing. It's a thing only girls care about. Which is why Kokorono has this, like, entourage of, like women in the school and like it said that like oh all the girls went to get their fortunes told and then like um so only girls care about fortune telling and then when jonochi wants to get his fortune told you know there's kind of like there's some jokes about how like oh he's gotta like cover it up and like it's sort of like shameful for him to really believe in the fortune um but yeah And all of them wear this, like... You mean all of his entourage? Yeah, all of the entourage wears the same, like, star headband. Mm-hmm. Um, which I... They change, now that I'm looking at it, between the manga and the anime. Because in the manga, it's definitely... In, including Kokorano's headband as well that matches. They're all six-pointed stars. And in the anime, they are definitely five-pointed stars. Good to know. They just all have this headband. And it has this weird, like, mind-control vibe to it. Mm-hmm. And nothing's really ever made of that vibe. It's just kind of like, Yeah. And, yeah, the the culmination of this is that, like... He's, like, pretending to have these psychic powers so that women will, like, come to him for advice and trust them. So presumably he can sexually assault them. Because, like, once Taya believes enough in his visions to, like, go to a secluded room after school. Because he said that's where, like, her... the, The man she's looking for will be. He, like, goes in there and tries to drug her. Yeah. Um. I. I mean, he says pretty explicitly he's going to assault her. Um. Yeah. And that's like his goal for pretending he's he's got these psychic powers. Um. And also, when Yugi challenges him to the shadow game, he holds up the chloroform bottle and says, "Here's your beloved chloroform bottle." So yes. yeah. 
In terms of, like, weird tone, the punishment for losing the game is that Kokorono will be drugged, and then everyone will see that he was unconscious. And that won't that be embarrassing? Which seems tame, considering the, like... Intent that Kokorano has, yeah. Like the 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 penalty for losing this game is far less severe than the penalty for him winning. There's there's like a repeated thing in this show now because we saw this in the college guy episode too, where it's like sexually menacing women is like only something that like weird little baby men do, and they're not like really. It's never portrayed as like really threatening in any way, and it's never really portrayed as like deserving a real punishment like let's go let's go back to miss chono like miss chono was abusing her authority as a teacher Mm -hmm. and for that like her face is going to fall off for the rest of her life if she like gets too emotional um yeah the guy whose thing was like i'm going to steal a rare watch he, he he like is implied to hallucinate watches embedded in his skin forever you know um yeah. But then, like, trying to assault women gets you put, gets you, like, put into a big egg and then knocked out once with chloroform. Yeah. Yeah. I think the implication is that, like, you know, because after this happens, Yugi discovers that, like, he's a, you know, he's, like, finds the proof of him being a fraud, which is that in this big coat that he wears, he has, like, a thousand predictions that he can just pull out you know, for whatever fits the situation. And so it's like, oh, he was a fraud all along. Um, and so I guess the implication is that now everyone knows he's a fraud. But, like, this guy is implied to have, like, groped women. A lot. And it's yeah. bad. <sighs> now, on the other hand... He does also say the most incredible line in this episode, which is that, mm-hmm. and I quote, Niho can't be helped because she's someone who doesn't take life seriously. <laughs> and like, <sighs> even though that she is also like the only other girl in the school who has come to him for like a fortune, he's not going to like try to like, you know, ensnare her in his trick because, like, she fundamentally does not take life seriously and thus cannot be, like, reached mm-hmm. by promising to, like, you know, by, like, you know, basically, like, he can't, like, offer her anything that she wants uh, because yeah. Miho's fundamentally built different. Which is not true because we know that Miho likes... You know, she wants that rare watch. She wants that, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. She wants nice things from the, the world around her. Well, I think that I like, think the distinction made is that, like, Miho is, like, somebody for whom she just assumes that these things will happen no matter what, you know? Because, mm. um, like, the thing with Anzu is that Anzu wants to find out who this, like, mystery man is that saved her in episode two. Oh, we should talk about the blindfolding scene also. But... <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, she wants to like find out who this guy is so Kokorano can say the guy will be here and she will go there but I think the implication is that like he could like say to Miho like go to this room and you'll get a big money and she'll be like eh no <laughs> and then Honda will go <laughs> she'll be like I'll get big money doing whatever I want you know mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's the distinction I feel like Miho's disappointing because she's always, like, kind of one, a few steps away from being a really fun character. Like, I I really think this idea of, like, here's a girl that is just, like, she fundamentally does not take life seriously. You know, this, you could do just, like, oh, she's just kind of, like, on another level and is just, like, the weird girl. Um, And, like, you could definitely do that character in a way that I think would be fun, but they just don't. Yeah, it's disappointing. Mm-hmm. And also, it's like, well, I don't think any of this potential gets, like, 
packed into another character when we lose Miho. No, I think everything related to her is just going to disappear. I don't think we get, like, a week... Like, when Tristan happens, what is Tristan's role in the show? Because as, as far as I know, he does nothing and means nothing. Mm-hmm. Like, he could be, like, a weird guy. Maybe he's a weird guy, and I don't remember that, but... I, I do think I he know. is... I do think his... I'm mostly going off the Abridged series, which is shaky ground, mm-hmm. to be sure. Yeah. But I feel yeah. like his presence in Duel Monsters is mostly vestigial. <sighs> Not that he's even super important in this series either, but like... But he gets a lot of screen time. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he duels in Duel Monsters is the thing, you know? Uh, t- does t- does it? No wait, he has to because he gets taken over by the he gets put in the monkey. Yeah, in in that one yeah. season, so he has he gets turned into. We know he has to duel at some point, but I don't think he does generally. You know, he's not a duelist. Yeah, Yugi's the main guy. Joey's the second guy, and then like they get they give Taya a deck if they need to have a girl duel, and then with Honda, it seems. It seems like, from what I have gleaned from the future, that a big chunk of Yu-Gi-Oh, the main series that everyone knows, is Tristan and Duke Devlin, like, stumbling through the outskirts of the plot that don't involve card games specifically. Okay. And, like, acting as a means to connect duels. So they're like the the Yu-Gi-Oh C-team. They're like, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say they're like R two D two and C three PO, but they're not. No, R two D two are not. R two D two and C three PO are fundamental to Star Wars. Yeah, you know, Star Wars does not happen if you take out C three PO and R two. Well, okay, I think you could take out C three PO and Star Wars would still happen, but R two D two, no way. Hmm, that's our boy. That's our fucking boy. That guy shot a dark Jedi. <laughs> he shot a dark Jedi! Mara Jade was like, I'm gonna shoot Sambayov, and then R2-D2, while piloting Luke's X-Wing, was like, I got you. Blah! <laughs> I got artillery. Blah, blah! <laughs> <laughs> he didn't even hit Sambayov and knocked him out. <laughs> but that's because Sambayov is old, and old people take extra fall damage. I- I also think it might have something to do with the starship level weaponry that was involved. <laughs> I think if I think if an X-wing laser bolt explodes near you, you're probably fucked. I could be wrong, but I believe in Fantasy Flight Star Wars RPG, ship lasers deal just 10 times more damage than person lasers. That's still a lot of damage. No, I, that's what I'm saying. It's like, oh, this if this hits you, you're like have a good chance of getting knocked out or something, but like you don't stand a fucking chance against like just car size lasers. Mm-hmm. You're done. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't I it's either that or it's the Wizards of the Coast D20 Star Wars system. I cannot remember which one that is. You got a lot but. of Star Wars tabletop in your head. Yeah, except for West End Games. I've never read that one. Someday. Alright. Wanna do questions? Questions? That that is a question. Yeah. That you just asked. Okay, so do you want to yes, do <laughs> I would like to do questions. Okay. Uh, I'll load up the email. I will get the Twitter questions. Alright. If you wanted to tweet a question at us, where would you want to send it? Oh, you definitely want to go to at attack position on Twitter and then find our latest show tweet. And you can just reply with a question there and we'll answer it like so. Uh, Because Joao asks, um, what what are everyone on the Yu-Gi-Oh! cast's opinions of the French Revolution and on the viability of the card Huge Revolution in the game? So Huge Revolution um, is like a gigantic setup for 
almost no payoff that's worth it because you have to get three different like shitty normal monsters on the field and then play huge revolution and it's just a board wipe like dark hole bro dark hole just you can just play dark (sighs) hole and that's already a board wipe yeah huge revolution is nothing they should have played dark hole during the french revolution (laughs) They, they tried, you could say. Um, all right, let's just go. Yugi, Yugi's opinions on the French Revolution. Uh, none. He's twelve. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I mean, they're sixteen, but yeah. I, I don't know that they have opinions on the French Revolution. Now, Yami Yugi, Yami. Okay, he might. He might have some opinions. What do you think his opinions are? Why would you disrespect your ruler like that? <laughs> Fair. Uh, That's not where the head goes. I think Miho, too, is also sympathetic to Marie Antoinette. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Just to be clear, the, it's the French Revolution, right? Like, the one, like, the big one? Because I was on Wikipedia, and I found out that France has had, like, four republics... Yes. Or whatever, and like seventeen different revolutions, and there are like the fucking Les Mis is not during the French Revolution; it's during some other French Revolution that isn't the French Revolution. Yeah, so when people say the French Revolution, they usually mean like the first French Revolution. But yes, it's fucked up. There are countries with histories longer than three hundred years. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> well, the thing is that all the French revolutions are. are don't even span like a hundred years, right? That's true. That's true. It's it's it, they're pretty modern as far as France history goes. But I was just like reading about France and tracking, like tracing uh, like versions of France that existed as far back as I could go with Wikipedia. Um. Anyway. Anyway, I think Miho is also sympathetic to Marie Antoinette. Yeah, she thinks about Marie Antoinette, and she just sees a girl who wanted to have fun. Why did everyone have to harsh her vibe like that? She's not into it. Yeah, Miho was would just remind us that they just hate to see a girl boss win. <laughs> I think um, Honda thinks it's okay uh, because it made the country more beautiful in the end. Hmm. democracy is the is the cleanest form of government in his eyes um i think anzu thinks it's regrettable that things had to get so violent but you know mm-hmm. you know what things worked out in the end um and i think jonochi's never heard of france <laughs> that can't, that can't be true <laughs> You ask him about the French Revolution, and he's like, yeah, Washington really sucked it to him. (laughs) Down with the Brits. (laughs) That Paul Revere guy? I love that guy. (laughs) (laughs) Because the the flags are the same color, so he gets confused. (laughs) I mean, revolutionary France was a huge ally to the Americans during the Revolutionary War, so... (sighs) I mean, there was a revolutionary French general who did, in fact, sock it to him during the American (laughs) Revolutionary War. That's true. So, in a way, maybe he's... maybe You know, Yogi's the Lancelot of the revolutionary set. (sighs) Hi... (laughs) <laughs> okay. Anyway, <laughs> turtle uh, turtle ant asks, "Oh no, you've been cursed in parentheses blessed to have a Yu-Gi-Oh series protagonist or supporting protagonist's hair. What's your best case scenario?" I think. I think if I have to choose, I think I'm going with the Vrains guy. His, like, normal, um, his, like, normal blue haircut. I feel like that one is, like, none of these, none of these guys have normal hair, but, hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. I think the one from, like, the new kids show, Yu-Gi-Oh! probably has the most normal hair. 
but I think I can make the Vrains guy's hair work if I tried. Uh, do you want my image of all the protagonists' hair? I just sent it to you. Yeah. I'm a little surprised you didn't go for the for the for the 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 uh, Jaden. That's uncomfortably close. Like on me, if I were to have that hair, that's uncomfortably close to like a white person afro. You know, I don't want to deal with that. Oh, I've never gotten that vibe. It's just when you look at the volume of hair compared to his head. But you say that about... All of these have gigantic anime Yeah, but Jaden's is the most spherical. (laughs) And I just... There's not... I just want to steer clear of any vibes in that direction. The the Vrains guy's hair is never going to be assumed to be racist. You were right about one thing, Master. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what's up with... um... Yuma's hair. Is that like slicked uh, on the top? I cannot question this. I I need to know. I Is that is it like slicked back but then it like fans out at the back? Oh yes, yes it is. That is literally how it is. Okay. That's weird. <laughs> it's very weird. <sighs> I guess. I guess Yuya, Yuya is my pick. Okay. I don't remember what that one's what that kid's it's from. It's the Arc V guy. Arc V. Yeah. Let me Here's my question. If you get Yuya's hair, do the goggles come with it? No. I don't want oh, them. Oh, okay. I don't want them. I'm not an accessories person. Okay. So no no strap collar for you, huh? Uh no, my neck is too chubby. I I googled Sakaki Yuya no goggles and it's just pictures of him wearing goggles. <laughs> Google's like goggles? Goggles? <laughs> goggles? I got you. There's no image here of him without goggles. Alright. Does he think he's a fucking Digimon? I think definitely someone must be like, wouldn't it be funny if we gave the Yu-Gi-Oh protagonist goggles? There's somewhere he's wearing the goggles over his eyes, but it's zoomed in far enough that I can't see what like the hair looks like without goggles. Okay, here's one. This this one image, which is fan art, but it's a star. Oh, here we go, here we go. Here we go. I'm sending you this image. He's cross. I could do this. I could do green hair. Yeah, green hair and red hair. Christmas hair. Ah, god damn it. (laughs) Uh, Listen, there's no good answer to this question. (laughs) Okay. Yuya might be... One of the more femboy Yu-Gi-Oh protagonists. Oh yeah, for sure. I I don't know anything about art. No, when but... I made my my famous Twitter post of Yu-Gi-Oh characters who are men but could also be lesbians <laughs> without changing any of their design, mm. it was not mm. Yuya but Yuma that I put on that post. Yuma, yeah. Mm-hmm. I can see it. Um, I feel like any of these seven characters could be a lesbian, <laughs> and and that's like, the beauty of anime. Okay. So here's 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 so, like Yusaku is obviously very prince, yeah, big prince vibes. Yeah. Uh, Yusei is a dirtbag. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, Yusei is like the leather dyke that you know. Yeah, like, U-Haul lesbian, but won't pay for the U-Haul. Okay, here, we're not being fair to Yusei, because he is a sweetheart, actually. 
Yeah, but he looks mean. Yeah, but like his character is that he looks mean, but he's actually a sweetheart. Yuga is the like um Yuga's like the jock one. Well, I I was gonna say specifically like high energy tracer overwatch yeah. type. Mm-hmm. Like always running. Yeah. Always he's, like talking a he's lot. He's a jock specifically for like cardio stuff, you know? Mm, yes, exactly. Uh Yuya is like uh, lesbian Fujoshi? <laughs> <laughs> is that is that anything? <laughs> you said it. You said it, bud. Girl Yowie. <laughs> I think uh Yuma is like the art hoe, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we're left with <laughs> Jaden and Yugi. I mean, we know that Yugi we know that Yugi is also like the leather dyke. Yeah. But like Okay, I guess this doesn't count because that's literally the thing but like i was going to say but yugi doesn't look like he has a motorcycle and you say looks like he rides a motorcycle yes great (laughs) and then i remembered that it is about riding motorcycles yeah Yeah, you got it Jaden's just a butch like a very yeah just a casual butch casual normal looking just like, looks just looks normal, gets mistaken for a guy half the time. She's not worried about it. Mm. No. She goes up like she her name's like Sam or some shit, so you know. People yeah, will just yeah. say whatever and she's like, I don't care. I'm chilling. If you make it weird, that's your problem. Yeah. Uh, there you have it. <laughs> the lesbian <laughs> you have it, our best head cannons yet. Ugh. This is is it weird that this really makes me want to watch Vrains? Cause I It really makes me want to watch Arc of V, honestly. <laughs> Cause I'm kinda into this character design now. <laughs> uh We actually should pick up like a second Yu-Gi-Oh! series, just I, we'll talk about this off mic, but I've been thinking, what if we just like watched a second Yu-Gi-Oh! series, like one episode a week? <laughs> and we're just like five minutes. Interesting. Yeah, yeah it was interesting. The, there's only one that I don't want to watch, and that's GX. Like, everything else I'm down to watch. <sighs> I, it just doesn't interest me at all. Everything else is way cooler. <laughs> GX is just more, but everything else brings some kind of gimmick. I feel like GX you know? eventually gets to, like, doing, like, that real Yu-Gi-Oh shit that you want to see. With, like, card oh. spirits, like, going yandere and, like, Jade, like... Jaden like fusing with with spirits and a lot of like gay shit mm-hmm. going on, but I understand. Uh, anyway, I also never watched it as as a young person, so you know, I was early Yu Gi Oh only. I was Duelist Kingdom, and then I guess my Yu Gi Oh fandom must have only lasted like a year, which is how kids are, yeah. but. Um, like, when you have Star Wars coming out, <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh! is only going to have so much gravity. But, uh, right. yeah. You want to do some more more Twitter questions? we got two more. Oh, yeah. There's more content. Um, uh, Ina asks, why did you put screens from Victory Gundam in the post for your Yu-Gi-Oh! show? Um, because of our two out-of-context screenshots for this week. Um, mm-hmm. and I gotta say, I think you could put Uso into you into original Yu-Gi-Oh. Ooh. Mm. I don't think he'd be out of place at all. It would be fun to have, like, an arcade episode. Yeah. But here's the thing, is that everyone, every character introduced in Yu-Gi-Oh that is in the series that is not the main five are, like, just black-hearted people, you know? Yeah. So you couldn't really put Uso in as like the friendly kid at the arcade because everyone is a dick in this show. Somehow he would still be a child soldier. Yeah. In you. Yeah, no. <laughs> Somehow. I don't know how. He would be like. He would. Okay. 
I think in Duel Monsters, his parents would have, like, raised him to be the ultimate duel prodigy, and then, like, Yugi mm. would, would teach him that the game is fun, actually, and he'd, like, duel for himself and not for his parents. Yeah. Yeah. That's how I think it would go. This is pretty cool. He's not. I love that boy. He he yeah. jumps off of a bus to kick a dude in the face on the way down. That's sick. Uh, you gotta respect his bitch energy. I want to see a Haro Yu-Gi-Oh card. I'm sh- I'm sure it exists somewhere. There's so many Yu-Gi-Oh cards. Somebody has to have done a Haro riff. I mean Karibo. A little I was bit. gonna ask. Karibo definitely the Haro of Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> Are you sure Tristan is the Haro? <laughs> Tristan, Tristan. <laughs> what's the version? What's the Victory Gundam version of Tristan where he only screams? Um, I guess that's. This series. <laughs> if by scream you mean is horny. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, okay. Um, and then uh, Lady K. Hurst asks, do I need to start playing tennis to reaffirm my gender? Again, um, related to one of the screenshots that we posted where Joan and she says, it's nice to be a girl, you get to play tennis. Um... Uh, she also asks, how many of the characters in Yu-Gi-Oh! so far are trans, and is the heart of the cards a trans thing? Um, I would say you do not need to play tennis to reaffirm your gender. That's not how it works. Um, I don't think anyone is trans. I think, I think, I think Yami Yugi is trans, but regular Mm. Yugi is not. Okay. I, I can't deny that Yami Yugi has powerful trans mask energy. But regular That's Yugi's fair. just a funny little guy. That's so true. Um, the heart of the cards doesn't exist yet, no. so we can't answer that. And when it does exist, it's a friendship thing. It's the power of friendship. It's not being trans. I was going to say it's a bullshit thing, but I guess you said the same thing, but nice. Wow. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's right. I said friendship is bullshit. <sighs> <sighs> <gasps> okay. Did we get any email questions? We got one. All right. Hit me. Crystal asks, "What is each Yu-Gi-Oh character's Chipotle order?" Ah, shit. <laughs> Crystal, you weren't supposed to do the, it. The email you requested. Crystal, I'll get back to you. Okay. I need to think. <laughs> I need to look at the Chipotle menu. <laughs> this is gonna take a while. It's okay. It's easy. I'm gonna hit you with the Chipotle menu. Burrito? Yeah, but like, bowl. Yeah, but like, what are they getting in the burrito? And are they getting a burrito or a bowl? Are they getting... Okay, we'll walk it down. Uh, what kind of tortilla? Not, I can't do this for all of them. I can't do this right now. It's 10.30 <laughs> at night. I'm fucking tired. That's true. Crystal, I'll hit you back up in two weeks, Okay. I promise. I promise I will just read out Chipotle orders on the next podcast. Go ahead and send the email a third no, time. No, don't do that. So that it's don't unread worry. in the Crystal, inbox. Crystal, you don't have to do shit. You're perfect. That's true. Um, yeah. What? What's... Crystal's going to be on a, a podcast that I'm recording uh, the day after this episode goes okay, up. So not this podcast. I was, I was worried that I'd forgotten something. <laughs> You're like, Crystal's gonna be on, and my brain's like, uh-oh, hold on. <laughs> I didn't... We watched uh, Sinbad, Legend of the Seven Seas. Oh. The 2003 uh, DreamWorks animated film, which is fucking fantastic. So send in emails about that to exportaudiopodcast at gmail.com. That does it for questions. No. What's happening on the next two episodes? <clears throat> Episode 14. <laughs> you got it. You got it. Episode episode 14. A bomb game makes for the worst date. <laughs> when Anzu realizes that Yugi is her mysterious crush, she invites him on a date to an amusement park, intending to, quote, put herself in danger to see his alter ego. 
And episode 15 is called Scary Woman Unable to Transform. <laughs> it's okay, Yugi. It happens to all guys at some point. <laughs> a new girl named Risa Kagiyama wants Yugi's rare violet hecate? Hecate? I don't know what that word is. Hecate? I don't know how it spells. It's just the Greek name. H uh, e c a t e. I think that's just Hecate. Hecate. Well, this girl wants it. Wants Yugi's rare violet Hecate card and tries to get it by pretending to be Yugi's girlfriend, much to Anzu's anger. Okay, so this these are shipping episodes coming up. Yes. And also bombing episodes. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, I really hope somebody says, is there a gamer here? We need a gamer. Because that's the famous... <laughs> if they, like, go to the amusement park and there's a bomber, like, that is the famous we need a gamer panel. I don't know what you're talking about. There's a bit where, like, the... In the manga, where, like, the guy at the amusement park is going to blow up the Ferris wheel, and he, like, wants to play a game with the police because he's a sicko, and one of the cops calls, is like, oh, we can't do this, none of us knows any games, and so the cop calls out, is there a gamer here? We need a gamer! And Yugi comes running. Can I, can I add a little detail, a little spice to next week's episode? Okay. A bomb game makes for the worst date. First aired on July 4th, 1998. <laughs> oh, yeah? Mm-hmm. Alright. <laughs> so you got that to look forward to. Uh, where can people find you online, if, in case they forgot from the beginning of the no, episode? No, no, no. We... No, no, no. I already did that. It's not in my contract to do it twice, once per ep- twice per episode. So, uh, you can go back to the start of the episode where we literally did the entire outro. Attention, duelist! My hair is authorizing me to begin this podcast! Oh, God. What day is it? It's July 30th! It is 8.30pm! Oh, no! <laughs> Do you want to look at some Yu-Gi-Oh characters and tell me what type of lesbians they are? Actually, yes, I would love... This is one of my favorite pastimes in the whole world. Let's do it. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Get off our decks.